Good afternoon. You're listening to the podcast Coffee and Books. I'm your host, Scott, where we talk about different uh, books and over coffee. And we talk about different authors. Uh, it's been fantastic. I've recently come out with a new episode not too long ago, about a week ago, that had some good moderate feedback. This episode is going to be about um, a book that I've been recently uh, finished. It is called Blackout, a World War II thriller by the number one Sunday Times bestselling author, Simon Scarrow. Um, it is pretty dark, so just a little bit of a trigger warning before we go into this episode. This has to deal with some very serious, intense, and dark topics. So we're, with that being said, we're going to talk about everything in this book and what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, and what did I think of it? So first off, this is going to be one of those stories that's a, a pretty fast read. It's fast-paced, it's action-packed, it has a lot going on. Um, the story follows a detective whose name is Shank, S-C-H-E-N-K-E, uh, who works for the military uh, police agency called the Crippo, uh, which is not yet um, involved with the Gestapo and other uh, Nazi uh, political party groups. Um, so his job working for the Crippo is to go ahead and solve different murders and crimes. Um, in particular, this detective starts to catch the case of a serial rapist and murderer who's uh, going around 1930s Germany killing people um, right after the start of the war with uh, Poland, uh, which you can say wasn't really a very, uh, a very long war. It was actually pretty short. Uh, but what that has to deal with is that this person is using the advantage of the war to go and use the blackout, a.k.a. when there's no electricity allowed, to go and commit their crimes. And it's up to this detective to stop it. Uh, so how do we know that there was a murder uh, besides the obvious? Well, the first uh, story, first part of the story covers a woman who is an, a famous actress who is uh, subsequently one of the victims of this murderer. Uh, the reason why she fell victim to it is because it was believed that she was originally involved with uh, Gobbles. Now, as it turns out, she has some mixed Jewish ancestry. There was a lot of confusion and maybe thought that maybe somebody wanted to silence this woman. Uh, she could not keep her mouth shut about that time, or maybe that there was something else going on there where she was being blackmailed. But the first, I should say, quarter of the story deals with this woman uh, who was murdered, um, and was easily recognizable by the German public. So the German police kept it a secret while this detective worked the case. Um, it eventually came out that there were other victims. Eventually, we came across a Jewish woman who uh, amazingly survives an attack and is believed by this detective for what happened to her. Um, and so she becomes a key witness in the story of how they try to track down who this uh, you know, member is of the Nazi party. Um, you know, he has a badge and identification number that they end up coming across, pieces of clothing. Um, other contextual clues uh, lead definitely to the evidence of who you think is going to be the killer. Um, and of course, the story has a lot of plot twists and turns, um, some of which are very believable, some of which are really grandiose. But having said all that, um, I wanted to float my theory across while reading this book, that the original theory I had was that the main detective uh, had a love interest, and the love interest, his uncle, worked for the German government. And I thought, what if the uncle was the killer? Um, it turns out, in the story, that's not the case. Um, it's actually somebody who works in his department. Um, and so we get involved with that, where there are two possible suspects. Um, and towards the end of the story, 
One of those suspects turns out to be a double agent or a spy working for England as well as Germany. Um, and so he tried to defend himself and ended up killing uh, some of the agents that are involved in the story. Um, and everything was, of course, pinned on this person. The um, true murderer, the person who was really involved, was, uh, you know, was claimed by all the newspapers as to die a hero's death trying to capture the, you know, the real murderer. But as it turns out, uh, you know, the detective has to live with how the party treats uh, this type of behavior. So, in other words, let me explain a little bit more. In 1930s Germany, uh, the press was heavily controlled by the German National Socialist Party, the Nazis, and when that happened, they had access to all the information that came out before it came out. You know, in the days of newspapers, before social media, it was not possible, uh, or it was possible to let the public know only certain brief tidbits of information. Um, and in this case, uh, the German newspapers slowly let out what was actually happening. Um, and the reason why they blamed it on a different person, a double agent, was because of the, if it, the truth came out, it could damage the party's reputation. So, of course, that's the excuses they use. Um, this book gets very political in the sense of, like, the detective is trying to remain neutral while witnessing all these brutal acts that are happening around him. Um, you know, at first he's... You know, feels bad for the woman who's a, a you know a Jewish you know prisoner. You know, basically, you know somebody who's uh, basically you know not believed by no matter anyone who she comes across because of her religion and background. She's treated as a second-class citizen. Um, he's the only one who seems to believe that she was genuinely attacked by a complete random stranger who took the motive of opportunity to attack her. Um, and of course, you know, as the detective goes, he tries to prove to her that, you know, there are good, decent German people during this time. Um, and then of course, as the story goes on, he floats his ideas back and forth of how he's trying to be a good police officer, a good soldier, but being a good soldier and being a good person can be different. And then this is a textbook example and case where it's being a good soldier means you're loyal to the party. And then of course, he's conflicted by this message and we see how that affects him throughout the novel. Um, the effect this has on other characters is also inspiring as well. Um, but overall, um, this is a one-time sort of spinoff book, I believe. I don't think there's going to be anything that needs to be wrapping up in another book. Um, I genuinely enjoyed this book for what it was, which was a brief escape of, uh, you know, sort of like a random uh, side story based on what I normally read. You know, a thriller action book is always good. There was a lot of um, exciting moments. Again, I can't highly recommend this book enough. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of five. I give it a four only because I think some of the plot points aren't believable, like having a double agent and having somebody really high up not notice that in the government and then trying to blame that all on this random person seems kind of like a neat way to you know, apply the plot and reason and move it forward. But reality to me is different. So I give it a four just because of the believability effect. Um, okay, so look forward to more books that I'm reading in the future. Just wanted to share that one with you guys. So that's another one I finished. Um, I'm, reading the, uh, um, I'm reading more books about Portugal next, so I'll tell you how that goes. Um, I'm going to be reading more books about... Um, you know, Ireland and England, and I'm going to be reading horror books for October soon, you know, all kinds of good stuff coming down the pipe. I just wanted to say thank you very much for listening, and if you guys want to reach out to me, you absolutely can. Uh, you know where to find me on social media. 
Have a great night, everyone, and thanks for listening.